and welcome to a very special episode of the Friend Zone podcast when I, Danny, and me, Ryan, will be discussing our mountain adventures. We'll be getting our crampons on. We'll be talking about how much a crampon sounds like tampon. We'll be talking about all these kinds of adventures and we'll be um, forgetting about friends for the week because really who cares we'll talk about it next week uh it'll be the one where ross does the thing or something or the one where ross finds out and um and we'll give it our full attention and love i've crafted some wonderful games for ryan uh and i look forward to testing it with them but um until then we'll talk a little bit about um what's going on so this is our mountain special (laughs) uh what a special episode this is recap what did we set out to do ryan we set out to carry inflatable sofa while in fancy dress to the top of Snowden. And did we do that, Ryan? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. To the very tippy top, you might say. It was very misty. It misty as you like. There was like a little false pinnacle behind us, but we just sat like a couple of kings. Well, and um, and what people clamber over this ridiculous, um, like extra half a meter of summit. Uh, but so, but before we get to the climax, let's talk about the journey. How did you enjoy getting to Wales? Getting to Wales was okay. It was done in two parts, wasn't it? We went up and stayed in Shrewsbury, which is nice. Not as quaint as it sounds, but we were in a soulless hotel off the motorway. But I've got to tell you, mate, I mean, obviously breakfast was a dangerous time for me and I almost killed us all. But and I also shamed myself because the record shows that I have a stance on this. Then I completely, completely betrayed. But but um, the hotel was quite cool, wasn't it? I the hotel it. was easily one of the best hotels I've ever stayed in. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was, yeah. which makes no sense. It was just one of those Lenny Henry chain ones, I think, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was a hotel, hotel, fill in the gap. Yeah, it was like... Um, it was like a, you know, an Apathy Express off the motorway or like, um, yeah, a Nia, um, hotel nihilism. Uh, one of those business centres where um, businessmen go to um, cry into into their own laps. But uh, my experience was not that. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was lovely. It was really, it was a good old fashioned boys adventure, wasn't we it? We had two single beds in our room, which were together, which you instantly separated rather quickly. I did. I you're damn right I did. I ran over to that bed and f- prized them apart. Parted it like it was no man's business, but they were on the loosest wheels I've ever seen. Literally, I- I'd roll <laughs> over in bed and I'd be by the door. I'd roll over again, I'd be by the window. I- they were- it was like on the f- as soon as you got into bed, you were like a bed on ice. You were you were slipping and sliding around <laughs> in that bed like you were a bloody Venice gondolier. <laughs> you were you were you were like bloody Pocahontas slipping around in a canoe. Like literally, every time you coughed, you'd go <coughs> like that, and you'd shoot towards the other <laughs> side of the room. It—I'll just point this out. My bed wasn't doing that, mate. So I don't know if you've got hollow bones or squeaky beds or what. I got the but, squeakies. Um, I got the squeakies. <laughs> <laughs> I got the squeakies. I—I <laughs> I stayed exactly where I was put, so I must have a very heavy ass. Yes, big, big, weighty ass, Dan. That's what it is. Every time you sat on that inflatable sofa, I'd be shot to the top in one. Well that <laughs> well that is actually true because once I did sit on the sofa and you if the whole situation moved a lot more than I was comfortable with I thought you were being sarcastic but it seems I do have that much heft hefty bum hefty, hefty bum, bum. <laughs> Danny's coming with his hefty bum say hi to dad say hi to mum but hide from his hefty bum <laughs> uh nice thank you very much 
Um, so, yeah, the hotel was great. We woke up. It was a beautiful sunrise to greet us. Oh, it was gorgeous. When, it, when we left, we walked out and thought, oh, look at that. Yeah. Sunrise. Yeah. And the hill I saw wasn't the one I thought we were climbing. But... Yeah. Ryan immediately saw like a... Well, we're skipping the breakfast. Let's go back to the breakfast quickly. So we had one of the finer breakfasts I've ever had. Yes. And I mean, going back a previous episode, Dan had a stance on he'd never use the toasting machine where you put it on a slow crematorium kind of conveyor belt. Morbid, but accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Where you pop the toast on, it goes round. And he told us a story about how he laughed at someone using it for cheese on toast, blah, 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 blah. So to my amazement... Who was using the machine, well, Dan? I thought, live a little. I'm on holiday. I, I, I feel safe here with my friend, my chum. I'm going to give it a go. So I, in I slid the palest piece of toast you've ever seen. And I ain't no... I'm no pale breadman. I'm not a pale breadman. I like my bread to be a reasonable shade. Well, what happened is you put it through once, didn't you? I did. And I was dissatisfied with the layer I was dissatisfied with the with the 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 colour. It wasn't autumnal so much as it was um spring springtime primrose yellow. It was yellow bread. It wasn't it wasn't the deep okra that I desire, the deep uh, creosote brown that I wanted. So I looked at it and I went, okay, I can mentally double this shade in my head and it's not burnt. So if I send this through again, if I send this little guy back in for a slice of what he's just so enjoyed, if I send him back around for another round the world trip, he's going to come out twice this, which is not a problem. What happens, Ryan? Well, Dan, I didn't even look. You went back up and I thought, well, there's crisp to that toast. So I don't think it's just the colour that doubles, it's the crispness. But as soon as you slid that in and it was at the point of no return, I just heard, Oh no, it's going to burn. <laughs> the panic in your voice. Immediately. Black ribbons I, of smoke. I might be wrong, but I heard a couple of... Ah! Oh, oh it's gone. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I tried to get it out of my bare hands, mate. I tried to get it out of my bare hands. I put my my disgusting pink little sausage mitten into that machine to try... A machine that is designed to bruise and burn things. I put my hand in there because I didn't want to set the fire alarms off and I was I was literally 98% certain that the fire alarms were going to go off. I, <laughs> you did mention that. And I sort of turned around and went, oh, oh, oh God, oh dear. I turned into like that bloody gold robot off of Star Wars. Oh, oh, bloody, oh, bloody hell. What's gone? Oh, dear. Oh, God. And there were no help at all, Maureen, through the glass. I didn't, I did not turn around at all. I thought, okay, I know exactly what he said a few days ago about not using these machines. It's gone wrong. I thought it'll be a well, story. I'll wait for him to come well, and sit back fuck down. fuck me for trying, I suppose. Is that the yeah. moral of the story? Never try anything. Flip. <laughs> All I wanted was some reasonable toast. All I wanted was a nice burnt sienna. Well, not burnt. That's the point. Not burnt. Cooked. and uh, Burnt sienna refers, of course, to the shade, which I think is... Um, that's that actress, Sienna Miller, after too much sun. I don't know. Is that the exact shade? It was um, it was a little milky for my tastes, Ryan, and I would have liked a nice honey ginger beer colour, a nice orange brown. I mean, your findings just now, where you were watching me do this, and you were going, I think it's the crisp factor is going to increase as well. You didn't share that with me at the time, I'll point out. I begged to dip. You were up straight away. You sat there and went, oh, that's not good. I'm going to put it in again. And I was like, oh, he's gone. 
Because we sat right next to that machine. So you, by the time you stood up, it was in. You wanted the colour of toast, not the texture of toast. Yeah, well, colour is the definition. I mean, I think we're all very confused, aren't we, about what the size of the toaster means. Is it the amount of time that it's in there for? Is it levels of toastedness? No one really knows. No one knows. No one has a, gets it right in one go, do they? Well, some people don't get it right at all. And then I burnt that toast and then I bloody ate it because I wasn't going to get beaten by a slice of toast. Yeah, I was like, I quite like like really crispy toast. And I swap, you're like, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, I really like crispy toast as well. What I don't like is setting off fire alarms in um, hotels for sad businessmen. <laughs> They've got enough on their bloody plates, haven't they? Um, and so did I. And it was charcoal. It was a plate full of charcoal. Um so we so we left for Snowden. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> two two silly boys on an adventure. Um, what what were your thoughts as we were approaching Snowden? What was going through I your thought, head? The first, it, it, we were still two hours away from where we st- where we were going to start, and I was thinking, oh, this is nice, lakes, mountains. Yeah. This is very scenic. This is nice. Is that the mountain? No. Is that the mountain? No. That yeah. old chestnut. Yeah. Lots of sheep. Lots of sheep. I was having a go, wasn't I, um, at pronouncing the street signs as we passed them. Some would say having a go. Others would say you were reading every single sign we saw. Yes, I did read every single one. There and back, wasn't it? Yes. Including, and we'll come to this in a minute, including on the way back, um, which interestingly took um, six, seven, eight years. To get home? Yeah. Eight years. Cons- mm-hmm. Conservatively, it took us eight years to get home. I don't know what happened. I don't know if we got in some sort of um, Betsy Coed uh, Bermuda Triangle situation, some sort of Bedgalette Triangle. I don't know what happened, but time froze and we were on the same road for eight years. Um, I drove, I actually remember us driving past elderly versions of ourselves, stood in the road <laughs> waving. While a house, <laughs> while a house I full think, of crying babies floated in the sky above, what we did is we jumped into one of those old school movies where do you know where they're not really driving, the scenery's just being repeated. That's what it was like behind the windows. Yeah. We were just doing that for six hours. But uh, there we were. So we're not quite at the endless journey home yet. Spoilers. We'll come back to that. But heading um, to the mountain, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I, first of all, I was thinking, how the fuck do you see? That was one of the signs. Or that was one of them. All impossible to say. Um, I think I'm getting Betsy Coed right. I think I'm getting Tlangoklin. No, that's not one. Hang on. Uh, Very slivery. Anglesey, I can do that one. Port Maddock. Tlangidligop. Tlang get up my bloody house. Or I'll smack you with a sausage. Um, that was fun. And as we were getting closer and closer, I'll be honest, I had a bit for a moment, didn't I? I did not want to wear that flipping outfit on the mountain. I was scared of mountain bullies. By a moment, you mean an hour? It was, I think it was longer, but yeah, let's say it's an hour. Yeah, it was 24 hours, but carry on. Yeah. And I really, I was like, I'll wear it, but, and I kept trying to like change the parameters. I will wear it, but I'll just have it under my clothes. So I'm still like, I'm still staying true to like the promise of the thing. And like, I was trying to worm my way out of it, like a wiggly little worm. And um, I, I think I I think I'm right to say that I kept it on 98% of the time. There were times when it got a bit busier when I would put my jeans back on over it as the photos attest. And when we got to the hot uh, to the top, when we got to the top, it was just simply too cold. 
wasn't it? It was freezing. It, it was proper cold. Something unexpected happened um, at the summit, which we'll come to in a minute, but um, something I wasn't expecting, which meant the clothes had to come back on, all of them. Uh, but, yeah, so we arrive, we pull into this picturesque little car park. We've had a, a glimpse of the view, and it's all very rolling and very interesting. But um, But we didn't really see, I think, your classic snowy mountainscape until... We were on it. Well, there was no snow involved on this occasion. We were lucky. But um, but it's only really when you get there, when you got to... Um, what's it, what was it called? Rue Dock or something like that? Um, yeah. Probably should remember. We should, shouldn't we? But we don't. So it was something like <laughs> no. Rue Diddley Dipped Up. That. Uh, it was some, something like that. And um, we arrived at this car park. And we thought, off we go. We just we just did it, didn't we? We just started. You yeah. pumped up the thing. I mean, the chain of events. What? Yeah, the chain of events was we're going to go up the easiest route because we thought that makes sense. Then we thought it's been dry for like five minutes. Let's look at a harder route. So we picked two other routes and we thought, right, we'll do one of them. And then we just passed a car park for one. Got a bit lost. There's no signal anywhere, so we parked there, and it turned out to be one of the harder ones. It certainly did, mate. And um, and that was the one that we chose. Now. What what were your thoughts as we began our journey? So we've got the sofa, you've it up, I'm dressed like a cheerleader, you're dressed like a rabbit. Off we go. What are your thoughts? My immediate thoughts were, why in the car journey did we drink four of our six LucasAids? So we're only taking one each up the mountain. I think I'd even, I'd even said to us both at some point, but mainly to remind myself, mm. right, I just have to remember to have enough water because last time I didn't take any and I was desperate the whole way up and the whole way down. All I had was like eight Mars bars last time. What happened this time? We had four Mars bars. Yeah. Each. Yes. But in the car, yeah, you picked up a Lucas and went, oh, we'll have one of these, thanks, mate. <laughs> really? I should save it for the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I did say <laughs> that. Glug, 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 glug. But how kind is, is Ryan? Yeah. Because And this is true kindness, because when we realised that we'd glugged all the LucasAids, he let me have his one of his last two. That's lovely, isn't it? That's special. That is. I mean, there was a point where we didn't know how... It, the mist had descended on us. We didn't know how much longer we had, and we yeah. were rushed in our one bottle of LucasAid each. And we were, we were sat on this inflatable sofa. We couldn't see more than two metres around us. And we looked and went, mate... I'm just going to have to drink all of this and hope that there's a drink at the top. I could die from this decision, but I've got to have it. Yeah, I was so thirsty that I didn't care about later. I only cared about then, which is so stupid. It was. Uh, why did we fill up on sausages <laughs> before going to a bloody mountain? It's ridiculous. Yeah, having a breakfast of the driest toast known to man probably wasn't the best. I'd have had it drier. If there was no fire, fire alarm system in that hotel, my goodness, <laughs> I'd have... Well, I mean, we probably all have been in serious trouble, knowing how people live their lives in hotels. Um, in fact, so we're nearly at the top. Yeah, no, we're not nearly at the top. <laughs> we started climbing up. It was all very picturesque and beautiful yeah. and windswept, very much like um, Lord of the Rings. Very much, yeah, yeah, very much heroic and epic like that. And we're having a little chinwag as we go up. We're, we're we. I go a bit philosophical because we're in the lands of. Um, you know, poetry and beauty and Turner and all that stuff. And um, we're talking about um, how, well, I'm mainly going on and you're agreeing that um, the, the carrying the sofa was genuinely 
an amazingly good metaphor. I know I said it once or twice on the pod before, but but it it worked so well as a metaphor for mental illness that we couldn't believe it. Like the the way that we were we were taking it in turns. So because we were both doing it together, the sofa wasn't just my problem or just Ryan's. It was both of our problem, and we worked on it together. We we worked out the best way to carry it ourselves and Ryan's way didn't work for me and my way didn't work quite for Ryan but like variations I watched how Ryan did it and he was carrying a slight different way to me I tried that and it didn't work but then it made me realize that there was a better way of doing my way so we I was because carrying an inflatable sofa doesn't sound difficult until you do it for eight hours up a rough (laughs) mountain suddenly it becomes a bit bloody sticky and um so having a strategy is actually really important even if you don't have one to begin with as you're going along you have to kind of work out how do I shoulder this burden how do I best carry it we were finding that carrying it together did work sometimes but not all the time actually both trying to carry it at the same time was worse than just one of us doing it and at other times we would I would take it for longer than I than I had to because I wasn't sure I'd be able to take it later. So I wanted to do my fair share then. Things like that. So that we achieved this physically difficult thing and mentally draining thing together that we couldn't have done alone. I think that's pretty important. Um, and cut, yeah, it cuts to the core of what I think a friendship if it's worth having, can be. I don't think it is just about having someone to pretend they're interested in your holiday photos. I'll show you mine in a minute. I've got some great ones of um, Switzerland. Oh. Uh, and yeah. um, and pretending, you know, that they care that you got that promotion. Of course they care, but surely the things that you... If you have a good friendship, you're doing things together that aren't just about you or, or just about them. They're about you together, I guess. Yeah, friendship is important. That's why we have a podcast about about friendship and about friends. So another thing that happened, when people saw what we were doing, it started conversations and we met some amazing people. Unfortunately, I don't think we got the names of half of them, but we did get the names of one person in particular. Do you think she'd mind if we shared her name? I don't think she'd ever find out if we did. Well, she probably won't until I send her the link, which I will do. But um, her name was my name. And my name was her name. Yes, it was. Her name was Danny. She was so struck by what we were doing. She was so tickled by what we were doing. Got to the tippy top um, together. Past, I will say, I I hate to admit this, but even though Nevis is higher and longer to climb, there was a bit, there was a bit where it was genuinely a bit scary. Where it was hands. Yeah, and- people were turning around at this stage. Yeah. It was a hand and knees scramble and we debated a few minutes. I think, did we? Semi-seriously about whether it was... Oh yeah, no, we did talk about leaving the sofa. No, no, about possibly deflating yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we I think, if I recall, we were going to leave it on the side and then we were worried it was going to blow away. So then we... <laughs> I paused in a weird place there, didn't I? And then we thought about deflating it, then reflating it, but I didn't think we could reflate it at altitude. <laughs> I didn't think I had enough no. puff in the wings, in the lungs. So I thought it was best to just risk our lives hulking this idiot thing over the, over the, um, it's hard to explain. It didn't look like a path. The whole way up the mountain looks like a path no. until you get to this bit where it looks like 
Go back. Do not pass <laughs> this ravine. Indeed, a few people sent us the wrong way, didn't they? But, but um, yeah, they were like, it can't be <laughs> that way. That way is dead. <laughs> we don't want to go that way. That way leads straight to the castle. <laughs> Come inside for a nice cup of tea. Hello. Um, labyrinth reference. It's been a while since I've said that, and nothing gives me greater pleasure. Nothing, nothing, cha-la-la. So we're nearly at the top. (laughs) So we're nearly at the top, and here comes our friend again, Danny. uh, uh, She she found us having one of our moments of genuine exhaustion on the side of the mountain, um, sitting Mm. on our sofa, because let's be honest, though, Having that, having an actual comfortable inflatable sofa, and I forgot how comfortable they were, to sit on at different points going up and down that mountain was a treat and a treasure, wasn't it? Like, we had the best view in they Wales were... many times. Yeah, that, that was my favourite point. We just stop, we put the sofa down, we're just looking over off the side of a mountain, just having a chill. But the, the, the reactions of people and things was brilliant. We, just, we were overtaking people. We we were like sneaking up behind people because yeah. it was misty. Out of nowhere, they turned around and there's two blokes in fancy dress carrying an inflatable sofa. The double takes yeah. were the best thing. I ever. liked that there was a bearded man who went, "Oh, how long did uh, how long did you, how long was it before you regretted that?" And uh, he stomped off. And then when we were on the summit, sat down, and he walked past us looking all bearded and bedraggled. I thought, yeah. Uh, so uh, how long after you passed us did you regret saying that? Because there we are, looking all comfortable, <laughs> looking out over Wales. Um, but yes, when we got to the summit, got a bit wet and wild, didn't it? it was... We sat in a really chilled wind tunnel, it seemed. My hands were freezing. Yeah, you got really cold. And I got really um, wet. Like every inch of me got suddenly wet. It was like I had morning dew on every centimetre of my body at once. And it was, I didn't enjoy being that wet because it was a deep penetrating, pen, it was a deep penetrating moisture from which there was no escape. And it was, it was very, very weird. I didn't care for it. You were sodden. I was sodden. I, sodden. I just did not care for it one jot. Um, then there's Danny. She emerges from the mists. We're sat just to the left of the summit where there's this little, um, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a plaque and like some fake, um, like stairs, uh, that lead up to a false summit. It's not a real summit at all. It's just some, it's like a photo point. So we were on the plateau of the summit and then there's this extra little half a meter prong. We just sat in front of that. Um, I nearly did for the second friends related event that we've attended I nearly just walked straight to the front of the understand it's very important to me as yep. anyone who's listened to this podcast knows I will often get indignant and British uh, in other places when people don't queue you should have seen me on a bloody Italian mountain when people wouldn't queue for the ski jump it was just a free for all I was harumphing like Toad had... oh, what is going on what are you doing anarchy oh, anarchy chaos uh getting all furious and then i'm the first person to accidentally march to the front of the queue yeah but for some reason i don't care about some sometimes i care about queues sometimes i don't that's because i got worms in my brain (laughs) you got the worms daniel got the devils um (laughs) so yeah um i there's a couple of moments i liked at the top yes one was we were famous the buzz I was getting. Every, every time I turned around, there was people taking photos of us. 
as soon as we were on the way down and I took my costume off, I missed it massively. We were just normal people. As soon as we started walking around, man, as soon as we took our gear off, we weren't mountain people anymore. And we should point out that we weren't carrying a sofa anymore. Where did it go, Ryan? Well, our good old friend Danny. Yeah, Lady Danny. Like, like you say, loved it so much. She bought it off us for charity. She did. She did. And uh, the money is is going into our account um, to do some good with to bring our target over. Yeah, smashed our target with that, and is you even chucked a couple of frozen. She bought those off us as well, and we, you know, really didn't need to, but. We didn't have to carry it down a mountain. We did deflate it for her. She wasn't doing her own challenge of carrying an inflated sofa down a mountain. She had a, a family yeah. with her. Well, we her. is generous. I, I was pissing about in the shop. But when I came out and you, you were looking all like, you were smiling because there was a plan afoot. And I was trying to work out what the hell was going on. I was like, you what? You want to buy it from, you want to take this hideous burden that we were half thinking about throwing into a gully <laughs> on the way down. You want to take this <laughs> away from us and give us yeah. a je ne comprends pas. I don't, I don't understand. Um, very strange. But no, they're absolutely lovely family, and um, we've been sent some photos from them since. Yeah, and it no, was she brilliant. was a delight. She was a real delight. And just at the moment when we were starting to flag a little bit, because it it was all fun and games for about three quarters, wasn't it? And then the last quarter, it became a slog, and there were moments when I almost said but didn't say i don't know if i can go on but i didn't say it but i was got really close because i wouldn't have said it but i could feel the point at which i would be tempted to say it coming because i would never have given up i don't give up with things like that i would have if it took me two months to do it i'd have done it but um (laughs) but but yes um i would not have given up and and didn't um but yeah lovely I, another fa- fa- moment where we where we did a little bit of a top. We were sitting on the sofa, and we moved down towards the cafe, didn't we, to sit down? Yeah, I'll be honest. And they had all those biker people. That there. did ruin the drama of being on top of a mountain a little bit because when you've got a cafe and you and and the summit is crowded with people who just jumped on a train and went straight to the top, it's kind of like it's not quite as special. And because there's something <laughs> about climbing a mountain from the base to the tip. That by the time you get there, it's only you and a few select people who have managed it, and you wallow in each other's triumph. But when you've got like Karen from HR who jumped on the train and went straight to the top with her niece, it's a bit like, well, I don't know if that's an achievement, is it? Is it on the same level? Well, let's not forget if the cafe wasn't there, we'd be dead. Yes, we would be dead with that cafe, that's true. So we climbed that. The way back down, climbing a mountain is one thing, isn't it? Because you're like, yeah, sense of achievement. And then you're like, oh, I have to do the whole again in reverse. But now I'm tired because I've just climbed a mountain. But it was actually really pleasant and it went by really quickly. What didn't go back really quickly was getting the hell out of Dodge. For some reason, there's some sort of psychological mind trap that happens when you drive over what looks like an endless Mario World rolling hills kind of um, the first level of Sonic the Hedgehog, um, whatever that place is called, Green Hill Zone, I think it's called. Um, It was just that for like, as I said, 18, 19 years. 
stretching out infinity, a Salvador Dali landscape of fields and uh, unpronounceable um, road signs, for me at least. Yeah, on the way up, we had the, we had the situation where we were like, what services should we stop at? And it was like one every 15 miles, like every 15 minutes. We had a smorgasbord, yeah. Because our our hotel was, we should explain, shouldn't we? We looked at it in before beforehand. We looked at Google Maps and there was a, our hotel was slightly out of the way, but it was the only, um, because we were splitting up the trip, it didn't matter. But if you went as the crow fly to pass that hotel, and indeed on the way back, we didn't. Please proceed. We didn't pass anything on the way back. We literally Nothing. went on one road and there was no junction for me to manoeuvre for six hours. I didn't have to go to a roundabout. I didn't have to take a left. I didn't have to take a right. I just had to stay on this one road, going past the same scenery for six hours. And we started to go completely bonkaloo, didn't we? Like, absolutely Snapdragon Jackie Jackie Potts. (laughs) There was nothing to see. But, like, there was nowhere to stop, even if we wanted to. There was just nothing. It was a test of my will. It was a test of your skills as a driver. I think the I think the hardest thing was I kept thinking, oh, I might just ask him to stop at a petrol station so that we can just stretch our leg. There wasn't one. What would we have done if we'd run out of fuel? Well, stopped. And died. Well, maybe. Yeah. We would have killed each other at some point. Yeah, so definitely. We were about ten minutes away from that happening. We did when we finally hit realization, it was uniquely satisfying. Um, but we were nearly home by the time we started seeing shops again. It was kind of weird. I like a road trip as much as the next man, but as I've discovered, it needs to not be a literal road trip as in one trip on one road for nine hours. So there. Anyway, we can't talk about Mountain Madness this whole bloody time. We've got one last thing to say. And what is it, Ryan? That you're a friend called Dan. And you're a friend called Ryan. And together we are the Friend Zone Podcast, conquering mountains and soon the oceans. And after that, realities, universes, unseen and unknown to science. Until we do that, though. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Mountain men, mountain men, went up the mountain and back again. (laughs) 